Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views, the place for pets. And they are people who love them. Here is your host, practicing veterinarian, veterinary news network reporter, and host of a popular YouTube show, The Web DVM, Dr. Roger Welton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, pet lovers all over the country. Welcome back to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views. I am your host, Dr. Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian. Nice to talk to you this evening. Tonight we'll be talking about trifectus. Now, uh, I assume that most of the people that take the time to listen to my program, most of you, I assume, are pretty pretty um, informed people when it comes to probably all aspects of life, but especially when it comes to your pets. This is a very niche show, and, and most people who you know take the time to tune into a show about pets are really into their pets and certainly are always looking for the most updated information. So I'm sure a lot of you have heard of this whole trifectus deal, this big trifectus quote-unquote scare, and I'm going to talk about that tonight, talk about where that came from, really is there anything to worry about, and kind of cut through all the sensationalism and tell you the truth here. And so uh, stay tuned in because we're going to be talking about that this evening. We are a live call-in call show, although we don't get calls too often. You're always welcome to call. one eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five. That number is toll-free. One eight seven seven eight seven eight one four three five, or if you like, as many of our participants prefer, actually the vast majority, you can also email me anytime at comments at web-dvm.net. Comments at web-dvm.net. Those comments will be aired live on the air in the next upcoming episode. Generally, we will take the emails right up until about four hours before showtime, so just bear that in mind. Other thing I want to mention before we jump into our first email question here is I have a huge announcement to make next Thursday. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Got to tune in to find out. Big announcement. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. Exciting for me, but it should be exciting for you as well. It should be exciting for the canine and feline enthusiast world. Uh, we I have something that we're going to unveil next week, and I will be announcing it live on the air. So... Tune in, and you will find out next Thursday, one week from today. So let's uh, go over, before we jump into the topic, let's uh, go over our first email question sent in by Amy, Palm Beach, Florida. Amy spelled A-I-M-E-E. That's unique. This is what she wrote. My dog suffers from the constant skin allergies, itching, scratching, and licking his feet. I never see fleas on him, and he is on monthly trifexis for heartworm but I understand that it is also highly effective against fleas as well. Imagine that. How ironic. <laughs> We're talking about trifexis tonight. All right, let's continue. I don't want him to be on cortisones all the time, nor do, I want, nor, nor do I want him on antibiotics all the time. So my vet recommends that we put him on a medication called Atopica. He says it is safe, but the product label side effects are rather alarming. It is also going to cost me 300 dollars a month to keep him on it. Yikes, exclamation point. Also, I love my vet, but he is strictly Western medicine, not holistic at all. Having listened to you for some time and knowing that you speak a lot about holistic medicine, I'd like to hear what you think 
of omega-3 fish oil capsules and how effective they are for a dog with a condition like mine. All excellent questions, Amy. I agree with you. Cortisones and antibiotics over time will take their toll. Most of the antibiotics we're using for skin are safe antibiotics. We're not too worried about side effects. But eventually what happens is these, re- these infections keep returning. They come back with a vengeance, and, and they often render our antibiotics less effective because resistance builds up with all these bacteria. There's one particularly concerning bacteria that we see in chronic recurring allergic skin allergy cases uh, called methicillin-resistant staphylococcus. And we've all heard of MRSA and people MRSA. Well, this is like the MRSA of dogs. Um, we, you know, we're seeing a lot of it these days. Now, there's, there's really very little risk for people to catch it, but still it's alarming that your dog could get an infection that there are very few things available to treat it. Sometimes there's none available. And, uh, you know, that, that's why it's very important to get to the crux of the problem, which in this case, in, in many, many cases here in Florida and really all over the country, I mean, skin allergies are just such a well-ingrained problem in dogs because of all the selective breeding and genetic baggage that comes with it. Um, it's just so prevalent, so prevalent. I feel like sometimes half my day I'm treating skin. So here in Florida, of course, it's worse than anywhere else. Uh, the, 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 south, the Atlantic Southeast especially, uh, Gulf states, you know, we just have a lot of allergy problems uh, with our dogs. So back to, let, let's address a couple of things. First off, let me go to the holistic side of it first. Um, omega-3 fish oils, I think with the degree of disease that your dog seems to have, I don't think it's going to be the only answer, but maybe part of the answer and may enable you at some point to lessen the dose of atopica and, and, and really cut your expense, lessen the frequency, lessen the dose. So I do, do I think omega-3 fish oils are the only answer? No. Um, do I think it's part of the solution? Absolutely. Do I think that they're going to enable you to keep your dog off something like an atopica? No, I don't. Um, I would take your vet's advice with the atopica, and 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 the other the other big before I get on atopica, the the other big point I want to make about omega three fish oils. Watch your source. Don't don't go to some you know superstore and buy them. Don't don't get you know some generic crap brand that that's cheap. You you really get what you pay for when you're talking about these things. They're not FDA regulated. The doses for people and bugs are very different. So you want to get veterinary grade, pharmaceutical grade omega three. Your vet. I don't said he's not that holistically minded. He may not, he may not carry them, but it's worth asking because he's probably going to have a pharmaceutical grade uh, brand. If if he doesn't carry them, there is a brand I really like called Nordic Naturals. Excellent, an excellent, excellent brand. They also engage in very ethical fishing practices in order to get their fish that they get the fish oils from. So across the board, really like that company. They're Norwegian-based, excellent, excellent company, great source of omega-3 fatty acids. Atopica, very quickly. Atopica is, is very effective. It's very expensive, unfortunately, but it's very effective in controlling allergies because what it, what it does is it controls the immune system gone crazy. It suppresses that, but it doesn't su- suppress it as profoundly as cortisones do, so you, you don't get the... the pro- profound immune suppression like, you, like you'll sometimes get with cortisones. Also... A lot easier on the liver and kidneys. Now, don't let the label trouble you too much. I've been using this stuff really consistently since 2004. I really have not seen any problems with it. Um, in fact, it's so safe. I'm only doing monitoring blood work once a year as opposed to cortisones. I'm doing it twice a year. So I wouldn't worry too much about the side effects. Can they happen? Yes, but they're very rare. Uh, so I, I, would, I would definitely uh, give strong consideration to Atopica. Start the fish oils as well. 
And then hopefully after a month or two of atopica, you can cut back the dose or cut back the frequency and maybe, maybe potentially have your cost or, or even further. Thanks for uh, your question, Amy. It was excellent and very relevant. So let's get into our topic tonight. The topic is trifaxis, and the title of the show tonight is Unsubstantiated Mass Hysteria Targets Trifaxis. Now, trifaxis is a heartworm preventive. It is not really anything all that novel because it contains products that have been in other products. So it's made by a pharmaceutical, veterinary pharmaceutical called Elanco. Elanco is a veterinary division of the large, huge pharmaceutical Eli Lilly, who they make a lot of human drugs. And the heartworm preventive aspect of trifaxis is, is um, milbamycin oxime, which many of you probably have heard of, Interceptor, which is an older, older product that used to be made by Novartis. Um, the main ingredient in Interceptor is milbamycin oxime. And, and so you're talking about the same heartworm preventive that's in Trifexis as Interceptor, and Interceptor's been around forever. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't believe it's in production anymore, but uh, it, w- it was used for a very long time as an alternative to ivermectin-based products like HeartGuard. So nothing new there, nothing very novel. So the flea prevention aspect of trifaxis is a compound known as spinosad. And spinosad is, was also a former product or in a, a previous product. Now, this product is still very much on the market. It's called Comfortis. It's a flea pill given once a month. Nothing kills adult fleas faster. Very, very effective flea preventive. When Comfortis came along, it kind of cornered the market here in Florida where we have a year-round pretty severe flea problem and that we don't get a reprieve from seasonally. So we're, we're really big fans of Comfortis. Well, Alanco came along and said, well, let's put spinosad in and combine it with milbamycin oxime, and then we can have one pill that prevents heartworm, prevents intestinal parasites, and, and kills fleas. And so, so that became very popular, and I've been selling an awful lot of Trifaxis for the last year and a half. Very popular product. <clears throat> so what occurred was uh, a man, uh, I, I, know, I don't know exactly the time frame, but I believe it was a few months ago, started a Facebook page called Trifexis Kills Dogs. I guess he gave his, his, his dog a dose of Trifexis, and three days later the dog died. And of course, um, he made the direct correlation. And well, I gave my dog Trifexis, and three days later he died. Although... The the gentleman this happened to, while I very much feel for him, he did not take into account or very much publicize the fact that the dog was 12 years old, a large breed 12-year-old dog, not a young dog. That's pretty up there in years. The dog was under treatment for Cushing's disease, which is a, a, a pretty pretty serious endocrine d- disorder. And ultimately, Alanco, the company that makes Trifexes, paid for a necropsy on this dog. Necropsy is a post-mortem examination where you actually look at the tissues, just like a human autopsy. In in a necropsy, you look at all the tissues, you gather samples, you test the samples, you look at the cellular uh, histopathology of the tissues and determine the cause of death. The cause of death determined for this dog was heart failure. And heart failure is a known complication that can occur with Cushing's disease. Nonetheless, this gentleman was unswayed in his zeal that Trifexis was 
the culprit in killing his dog, so he made this website, and, and an investigative journalist by the name of Jim Strickland got a hold of this story and decided to run with it. Now, this guy, is, he's Atlanta-based, works for some local network in, in Atlanta, and despite the fact that Alenko clearly proved with the necropsy they, they paid for, clearly proved that this dog died of heart failure, which in all the clinical trials of Trifexis, there's no, 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 no uh, history of heart failure in any of the clinical trials. It doesn't make any sense that spinosad and milbamycinoxime should cause heart failure. They didn't cause heart failure when, they were in, when, when, when spinosad was uh, being given as Comfortis and milbamycinoxime was given for you know, decades in, in interceptors. So it makes no sense that those compounds are going to cause heart failure. They never caused heart failure previously. And, you know, this was an older dog with Cushing's disease. I'm going to blame the Cushing's disease that caused, that led to the heart failure, not Trifexis. I think that that was just bad timing. Realistically, I've been using Trifexis for almost two years, not using it myself, but recommending it for my patients, using it on my own dogs. And I'm completely, I'm completely unconvinced that there's a problem there, there is some reaction we'll see sometimes with trifexis. There is the occasional dog whose GI can't tolerate it. The gastrointestinal system can't assimilate uh, the, the, the spinosad that's in it for some reason. Um, so you'll see vomiting sometimes or sometimes diarrhea. In either case, you just stop, stop treating with it. You switch to something else and everything's fine. So that's really the only, the only issue that I've seen in the past two years, and I have hundreds of patients on it because it's so popular for its flea prevention. Of course, here in Florida, we have such a bad heartworm problem that uh, everyone, everyone really, not everyone, but, but many people comply with heartworm prevention. So this guy, Jim Strickland, very irresponsible reporting, you know, from my point of view. Listen to what this guy did. So he wanted to get a statement from, uh, from veterinarians or from a veterinarian and so he calls up actually a colleague of mine, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's a veterinarian. The reason he was contacted is because he does quite a bit of media work, kind of like kind of like I do, but he does more like local TV type stuff. And this this person asked my colleague, you know, what what's your feedback on the trifexis and and what occurred to this gentleman's dog and do you see reactions with it? And my colleague, who's a, a pretty well-seasoned media guy, God, he just forgot the rule of thumb when talking to reporters. You never convey a single thought split up in two distinct sentences. And I'll explain exactly what happened here. He said, I sometimes do see reactions, but really all I've seen is some gastrointestinal upset, nothing serious. I don't believe that this is related, this, this, what occurred is related to trifaxis. What did the reporter print? I do sometimes see reactions is what he printed. He, did, he left all the other stuff out because he was able to take that one little snippet and he got what he wanted. Technically, he's not lying. Technically, it is a quote. Technically, my colleague has no recourse to take any legal action against this guy. He's just a savvy reporter, and he calls himself an investigative reporter. Well, that's some pretty crappy investigating, and, and really, 
what he what he's doing in the end is is serving himself, sensationalizing the story, misrepresenting a quote from a veterinarian, taking a snippet of it out of context, and using it to his own means. Meanwhile, the person whose dog died hasn't stopped. He's gotten followers now because now they're coming out of the woodworks. Yeah, Trifexus killed my dog too. Trifexus killed my dog too. It's just craziness. People are saying vile things about veterinarians at this website. Just awful. One lady said, I don't know if I can ever trust another veterinarian ever again. You know, we're getting accused of putting profits over the safety of the pets, that we don't care, that it's all about money. I mean, it's just, it's just to read it, I, I can't read it because it's very troubling to me. Uh, you know, the, the bottom line is, and I've said this many times, any one of us, if we wanted, if, if big money was our primary goal, we could have all become medical doctors. It's a lot easier to get into medical school than it is veterinary school. But we, we went veterinary because we love veterinary, because we love the animals, we love the medicine, and we went in that direction, not because we're greedy, because we make about a quarter of what our medical equivalents make. So, you know, to hear that garbage is just, you know, it's just very troubling. So, at any rate, don't believe the hype, ladies and gentlemen. There, there, there really is nothing to this, and... You know, I think you're all pretty well aware how much I love my own dogs, and I've had them on it since it since it's uh, it's launch. That's how that's how safe I feel Trifexus is. So you know, take it for what you will. Try not to believe the hype. I just don't understand what it is with some people that they'd rather believe conspiracy over objective truth, as outlandish as it may be, no matter what the 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 and I don't want to say mainstream because mainstream isn't always right, but the collective thought of an industry, like the veterinary industry, hearing it from experts, they don't want to believe that because we're all in cahoots, you know, we're <laughs> we're all this big conspiracy that wants to kill dogs so we can profit and put the kibosh on everything. Well, you know, it's sad that people go through life thinking that, and and unfortunately, there are some instances in every profession, even the veterinarian, where there are some less than savory people doing some pretty scandalous stuff. But, but by and large, that's not the case. That's that's absolutely the exception to the rule. So, don't want to want to have this distrust of, of professionals. And furthermore, when bad things happen, these same types of people need someone to blame. They need someone to direct their vinegar towards. They need to direct their vitriol towards somehow it, it it gives them closure and makes them feel better and it's sad that that's what it takes to appease these people to make themselves feel better to get their own closure to move on um but 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 to do it in this way it's just it's just not right now if i gave a dog and i let's say i didn't know better you know i, I didn't have the medical background and i gave a dog trifexis and he died three days later i'd have serious questions i mean that's that's legitimate i would think well is it related but if a necropsy is done at the expense of the pharmaceutical and the pathologist, who's a third party, not related to Alenco, by the way, you know, not working for them, but it's an independent laboratory, called the, the cause of death heart failure unrelated to Trifexis. And by the way, I want to add, Alenco actually paid for two additional necropsies on, you know, some, a couple of these followers that glommed onto this guy's notion that trifexus is killing dogs, those also proved no link to trifexus. So, again, there's no proof, there's no evidence, but it doesn't matter to these folks. They're going to believe it. And I just want to set the record straight tonight.
So let's get to our last or second and last email question. This is sent in by Amanda from Rochester, New York. Very cold up there right now. You guys are getting an awful lot of snow. Um, here's her question. My dog has a large growth on his foot that my vet is calling a lick granuloma. Medical treatment is not getting us anywhere. So my vet is talking surgery to remove this thing. I read that these things can be treated with therapy lasers. In your experience with therapy laser medicine, have you had any success in treating lick granulomas with the laser? Thanks. Okay, so this is a very good question too. So you guys all know, or many of you know, if you listen to me, uh, for for any period of time, I'm a big fan of therapy lasers. They can be used in all walks of regenerative medicine, repair of tissues, orthopedics, spinal, um, burns, wounds, contaminated wounds, and yes, Amanda, lick granulomas. So lick granulomas are kind of interesting. They they they're these these mass-like lesions that form between the toes, and what happens is the the hair follicles in the webbing of the toes can be very sensitive. It's very kind of thin skin in the webbing of the toes. And essentially, a condition known as bronchiolosis develops. And what bronchiolosis really is, is an ingrown hair. <laughs> it's, it's really not, not much more to it. But it's, very, it's a little bit different than with people. With people, we usually get ingrown hairs because we, we shave. In the case of dogs, the bronchiolosis happens because a hair follicle gets clogged because of inflammation, and then a secondary infection uh, ensues. And interestingly, in the case of lick granulomas, it doesn't stop there because the body, in its ill-fated attempt to to try to heal itself, will surround that area with, it'll lay down fibrous connective tissue. The inflammation on the periphery of the lesion will cause inflammation to adjacent tissue, affect adjacent follicles, they get clogged, they get infected, the body lays down more fibrous connective tissue, and little by little you have this mass-like thing growing. And they can be very hard and firm, and they're just, they can be very nasty, and I see them quite often. Well, they're called lick granulomas because ultimately the dog feels these things, and what does he do? He starts licking it. And they lick and lick and lick and lick, and of course that exacerbates the problem, makes it worse, and hence the, the lay terminology, granuloma. So, before I get into the laser, what I'll typically do, Amanda, and I would like you to, you know, take take this advice to your vet and see, or, or think about what's been done, or talk to your vet. This is how I handle these things. I mean, first and foremost, you got to get the dog to stop licking. So these guys have to have an e collar on, an Elizabethan collar on, for eight weeks. I mean, that's how long it can take. Um, I usually recommend uh, treating with an antibiotics, one that's good for skin infections like cephalexin, for actually six to eight weeks, because that's how long it can take to, to clear the infection because there's so much connective tissue and it's, the blood supply is a little compromised in getting the antibiotic in there. So, you know, you have to treat long-term, six to eight weeks. And during that time, so we, have, we get the e-collar on, we're treating with the antibiotic, and I will usually have them have these, these the, the affected foot soaked, soaked in Epsom, Epsom salts, diluted in warm water three times a week, in addition to that, I recommend getting Stridex or Neutrogena acne pads and twice a day cleaning the granuloma and cleaning the tissue immediately adjacent to it. That helps to unclog follicles. It's also the benzoyl peroxide in it is naturally anti-inflammatory. The sac- set, not naturally, I'm sorry, anti-inflammatory, but anti-inflammatory. The salicyclic acid in it is also anti-inflammatory, very beneficial. 
on a day that, let's say it's a soaking day, I would soak first in the morning and then do a Stridex cleaning afterwards and then a Stridex cleaning in the night or in the evening. Whether you use Stridex or Neutrogena, it doesn't matter. They're, they're both very similar. And I would do all these things for six to eight weeks. And if that's not been done, maybe give that a shot first. And if it doesn't work, go to the therapy laser. The other thing you can do, if this thing is horrific, I, you know, you didn't mention exactly how big it is. I'd imagine if we're talking surgery, it's, it's pretty huge because I'm usually not thinking surgery. I mean, I rarely do surgery on these because I've had so much success with the regimen I just talked about. And if that doesn't get it, then the therapy laser will. What you may want to think about is doing therapy laser in conjunction with the regimen I'm talking about. And what you would want to do is a, uh, a 3 2 one induction treatment. So you would do three treatments week one, two treatments week two, one treatment week three. And then you should, you should see significant shrinkage of this thing, if not complete resolution, by the end of, of, of all that. Um, so I've actually only had to do surgery on really a small handful of cases, and I've seen hundreds, maybe thousands of these things. So, um, and, the, and the therapy laser has been a big part of that. So if your vet has a therapy laser, by all means, I'd go there. And if he doesn't, you know, see if you can find someone in the area that is doing that kind of medicine. I love my therapy laser. It gets used constantly. So great questions, folks. Good topic tonight. Um, if you have any feedback on this, please, uh, I will be definitely, without a doubt, uh, broadcasting a week from today. So I, I generally do broadcasts weekly to every other week. I'm definitely broadcasting a week from today to make my big announcement. So I, I'm really interested to, to hear the feedback on this episode and what we talked about with Trifaxis. I, I wonder if there's some, some strong opinions about it out there. Uh, perhaps opinions that disagree with, with my own notions. So uh, please feel free to contribute by email or call in. Just keep it uh, classy. You know, if you want to have a debate, that's fine. But just keep it, um, you know, there's a lot of passions involved in this particular subject right now. And it's kind of like raw diet versus, you know, raw diet people versus no raw diet people. Those those discussions could get ugly. We don't want to go there. Let's just keep it nice and cordial. We're all just trying to learn from one another. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. I will talk to you next week. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the Internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply.